Welcome to the Dark Depths Podcast, your go-to place for the modern and legacy formats. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and I am here with the author of the Underworld Cookbook himself, Michael Matheson. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am. Ugh, I am. I'm in many moods. Uh, I just got. <laughs> we just finished a graduation, so I've spent the last uh, two hours, three hours, I guess, actually, uh, in the sun. So I'm hot, bothered, in desperate need of a shower, and especially after our. Uh, Electricity issue yesterday. I'm I'm excited to finally be recording. Uh, yeah, I mean I I hate graduations, so yeah, they're the worst. You will basically never find me at one. <laughs> they're just like it. It would have been fine, but like it's what ninety ninety two here, right? So like it's hot. Um, the ceremony was from eleven o'clock until twelve forty five. Uh, we had to direct traffic. Um, on our campus, which is its own bit of hecticness. Um, and then also we had a bunch of people come. This is my, my least favorite thing. My graduation is about the graduates. So we had people who were like from like quote unquote downtown who were like, oh, you're bored. Like I, I literally can list zero board members. I don't think I know any board members. Please do not spend like 10 minutes of my my time in the sun talking to me about people I don't know like I don't care it's not about them no one cares about them so it was just a, a very frustrating experience but um we I'm, I'm just glad we're I'm inside now in an air-conditioned room and we get to actually record and talk about some magic for a little bit all right well well you know I do kind of want to just say to since we are in kind of a delay here right now we normally record on Tuesday nights but because of my uh, I had some electrical issues um, here the power went out we had a thunderstorm yesterday so uh, recording on Wednesday so it's gonna be uh, recorded edited and posted all today so hopefully you guys uh, appreciate this um, it's gonna be a little bit shorter so we can get everything um, out to you guys as soon as possible so hopefully you guys also because I have to leave for work in less than an hour yep so <laughs> we're gonna just jump right in here um, let's start talking about some of the new decks that we actually see in Modern. And I think Modern Horizons 2 has really opened up a lot of archetypes and really reinforced some other ones. Um, so what's one of the, the new archetypes that you're going to see because of Modern Horizons 2? Well, okay. So, uh, I, I will say, first off, I think Modern Horizons, while overall a very good set, is a f kind of a bit of a failure because I don't think we were supposed to see entirely new archetypes. Mm -hmm. But uh, here we are. They printed two cards, which didn't... I don't think people thought they would be over the top at first. But uh, the Underworld Cookbook in Asmorana, Marty, Kadai, Stina, Kuldakar. Whoa! Um, <laughs> impressive. I'm an impressive guy. <laughs> yeah, um, there you are. But those cards synergize very well together, as anybody who has read the cards can assume, because one finds the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've spawned this entirely new archetype around them, which happens to be very good. Uh, so for the rest of the show, I'm just going to shorten it to Asmo. Sure. Uh, but so the deck is still going through a lot of iterations. Uh, but for anybody who has not read Asmo, since it's kind of the key card of the deck, um, it, ha it has no mana cost. So you can't actually just normally play it. Uh, but it says as long as a card as long as you've discarded a card this turn, you can pay it for either a red or black. And then when it enters, you find the Underworld Cookbook, and also you can sack two food tokens to have a creature deal six damage to itself. 
And then uh, the Underworld Cookbook, the card that it finds, uh, is a one mana artifact. Uh, and you can tap it to discard a card, create a food token, or you can pay for it, tap it, sack the cookbook, and return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, the second part doesn't get used very much. Mm -mm. But uh, when you combine the Underworld Cookbook with specifically Oval Chase Daredevil, uh, you know, card that's seen fringe play and legacy and vintage throughout the years. Uh, whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you return it from your graveyard to your hand. So you discard it to the cookbook, make a food, triggers itself, bring it back to your hand. So you kind of just have this engine where you get to create like what seems like an endless amount of food tokens. Um, and then you can bring back Feasting Troll King uh, from your yard which presumably you have discarded to Underworld Cookbook or you're playing a version with Smuggler's Copter and you've discarded it or you're playing with Goblin Lore or whatever. Uh, and Feasting Troll King is a six mana, 7-6 uh, creature with Vigilance and Trample. When it enters uh, or if you cast it from your hand, or sorry, when it enters, if you cast it from your hand, you create three food tokens, but you're never really casting it from your hand. Because uh, it also has sacrifice three food tokens, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, so those are the core engines of this deck. Um, also pretty common is the Cauldron Familiar Witch's Oven engine that you see a lot and well, that we saw a lot in Standard is pretty common in Pioneer and Historic. Um, those cards all come together to form a very powerful, very cohesive deck. Um, I don't think anybody has figured out what the best shell of this deck is yet, but it's been super impressive. That's I didn't even mention the fact you also get to play Urza Saga, which is possibly the best card in the format right now. Um, and it's just another way to like accrue advantage. And also it finds your Underworld Cookbook and Witch's Oven, so it ties in really well. Yeah, I think Urza Saga, early contender for best card, best card in multiple formats. I mean, it obviously shows up here as a good way to get the Witches Up in the uh, cookbook, but there's uh, plenty of other really quality one and zero mana artifacts that I'd be happy to get with Urza Saga. And honestly, just getting, you know, making two tokens, especially in this deck that makes so many foods. Like, I've, I've seen a couple games already where the people make two tokens with um, Earth Saga and end up making two eight eight creatures that end up taking down them the game themselves. It's kind of gross. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what's going on in this deck is gross, but Earth Saga in particular is very good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but this deck is like kind of absurd. Yeah. Uh, and no, I don't think anybody's figured out the optimal configuration yet either. And it started kind of almost as a joke by, um, Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name. His Twitter handle is the Blank Muse. Uh, Jonathan Blank, there we go. Okay. He um, just kind of originally posted this list with like uh, very reminiscent of the old Hollow One decks, including Bartered Cow and Feasting Troll King, though. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the Asmo engine. And he was like, haha, just kidding, but maybe. And then somebody like <laughs> posted a 5 0 with it and it was like, yeah, this is misbuilt, but it's actually really strong. And so people have been iterating on it, like, nonstop. Um, Devon O'Donnell, Doomwake, has been a major part of that force. Um, and you've kind of seen it already change over the course of just a couple days, from being, like, this Goblin Lore Hollow One deck, uh, having this huge Vengevine engine, to being straight green-black with, like, Smuggler's Copters, 
and now like canister five owed with the mono black version yesterday with like blood gas in it uh and academy manufacturer which is a cool card on its own from modern horizons mm -hmm. and then or modern horizons 2 rather and then now i think this jund version is probably the best build um it gets some really cool toys like you get to play with ignoble hierarch uh, which is like actually very good because you are a Jun deck that could use acceleration. Um, so you get to play with that in addition to the Gilded Goose, which is very good in this deck, which I don't think I've ever said about Gilded Goose before. I'm usually a hater of that card. Um, and having Finale of Devastation uh, is the other big draw to green. And what Finale of Devastation does is it lets you actually get Asmo for only two mana since it has no mana cost. Uh, and then your red obviously lets you cast your Asmo, but it also gives you Mayhem Devil. Mayhem Devil has done a lot of work uh, whenever it comes down on turn two, because you just get to go nuts sacking things on turn three. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think every card besides Asmo and Igni um, Ignoble Hierarch essentially help you make tokens. I mean, I guess Feasting Trolking does make tokens, but doesn't really make tokens, right? Um, but Oval Chase, you know, Daredevil is essentially with cookbook is making a token for you every turn. Like you can very easily just like have to make hem devils bring back a feasting troll king from the graveyard and deal six damage to your opponent. And like there's a lot of games where for something like Heliod company, right? Them mowing down two creatures because of a mayhem devil is routine and kind of game breaking. Yeah. It, it's just like crazy how well this deck manages to synergize with itself. Um, Especially, the other thing that's really impressive about it is just you get these really fast starts uh, and you get these really grindy games too. Like Mayhem Devil can kill really fast, but it can also just keep the board clear for a really long time. And like, I've got screenshots of me just having like 10 power in play on turn two, but then there's also just games where you just have an Asmo out and like one or two Underworld cookbooks with an Oval Chase Daredevil. And you're not killing anywhere close to fast but like your opponent just also can't have any creatures out until they deal with it mm -hmm. uh, so you just get to play this kind of long game really well in addition to just sometimes hey it's turn two i've got a feasting troll king out already like do something and like that's not even to mention like uh asmo is like itself uh beating like the last ability on it the sacrifice two foods target creature deals six damage to itself I didn't realize how powerful that actually is, especially in this format. Uh, when you start kind of looking at some of the cards, even in this deck itself, like that just kills your like opposing feasting troll kings. Um, that's six damage. It also kills things like primeval titans, um, which is a I think a very important thing to be doing right now. Um, like six damage is a ton of damage, and having a removal spell in this deck that obviously is really not even a removal spell as much as a combo piece that somehow synergizes with your Trail of Crumbs and your uh, Mayhem Devils is really, really nice for this. Asmo is just really good. Mm -hmm. Also, like, the fact that it tutors up the Underworld Cookbook is just like kind of unnecessary. <laughs> Wildly unnecessary. It's, it's just really good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to say about it. Like, the deck's just kind of nuts. Yeah, that, it's actually... The... Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's actually been so popular. People have started playing, like, um, main deck um, Graveyard Hate. And, I mean, mm -hmm. it makes sense because in addition to this deck, you also have uh, Living End, 
has been on the rise because Jarvis Agent has been great for the blue index and uh, Grief has been good for like the traditional living index. Mm. Um, there are a lot of graveyard decks, but like it's really because this deck is just so prevalent, which is also funny because people don't even have access to Urza Sagas, a mm. lot of people. Um, I actually played a league with this deck uh, before I could get my hands on Urza Sagas, and I was like, I understand I am weakening myself, but you know, let's just see how it does. And I still like easily cash that league. Um, like I was able to outgrind Jund opponents through like multiple pieces of graveyard hate. Like, I got um, endurance twice, Oof. and uh, the new card Dwafi, whatever the black black. Whenever uh, whenever a card goes into like your opponent's graveyard, you exile it instead. Mm. Um, I won through like two of those and two endurances. Just was able to grind them out with this deck, uh, and I didn't even have Urza Saga or um, Trail of Crumbs or any of the grind elements. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's I mean, absurd. Yeah, Urza Saga right now, just for for those as of recording, it's fifty one ticks online, uh, only second to Ragavan Nimble Pilferer, which we'll I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but like a lot of these decks, Urza Saga is very easily a three or four of, and in this deck, I mean, with, especially with all the high-quality one-drops that you really want to be playing, like, very much a, a four of here. Yeah. Uh, I am curious how this deck will continue to, invo- to evolve over time. I've seen a lot of interesting lists. Like, I mentioned uh, Canister playing with Academy Manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who aren't super familiar with all the new cards yet, it's a three-mana artifact creature. Uh, I believe it's a two-three. Whenever you make a clue, food, or treasure token, uh, you make two instead. So that really, really lets you go off with the foods. And um, it actually can go infinite with Clock of Omens and Underworld Cookbook. So I've seen lists of this deck playing Karn the Great Creator in the main deck. Ooh, and then yeah. you can just grab your Clock of Omens out of the sideboard. Because Clock, not good on most board states for this deck. But Academy Manufacturer is good. So you can just that card in the main deck with the rest of your stuff tutor up the clock of omens and then just go infinite wow yeah plus karn is actually insane in the mirror because your opponent's playing with underworld cookbook and uh witch's oven and those are artifacts and karn says no not today (laughs) um so i just think there's a lot you can do um so i'm really curious how it evolves and like the Cauldron Familiars and Witch's Oven package has been good for me in the games I've gotten to play with the deck. And it's looked good for people, but it's not over the top. Mm-hmm. And so I've already seen some people cut down, like, maybe three Witch's Ovens, two cats. So I'm curious, will those stick around? Like, I think they will, but who knows? Yeah, There's but, just a lot to explore here. Yeah, and, like, the Bartered Cow, you know, business, right? We Bartered Cow was a big thing two days ago <laughs> and now the deck yeah i've seen like three or four different iterations of, the, of this deck like i do think there's a lot of room uh for improvement and i think kind of juking too because this like you kind of mentioned this deck is very i don't say all over the place but like i definitely want to hate out the artifacts but i also want to make sure creatures aren't coming from the graveyard so i all but i also want to make sure i'm not activating the abilities of my creatures so like i could play cursed totem or maybe i want to play um you know, Grafdigger's Cage, like, that sounds like it should be good, but maybe I just should be playing, like, Linvala instead. Like, I'm not exactly sure how to be attacking this deck with, you know, cards that already exist in this metagame. 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's one of the issues. I do think currently Grave Hate is the best thing to be doing against this deck, mm -hmm. uh, but I could easily see that changing depending on how it, how the deck changes. And then there's just so many ways. Like I could also very easily see versions playing blue for like Emery and Urza. Mm -hmm. um, I know Doomwake tried Emery and said the card wasn't very good, but you know, he, if he only played a league or two, I'd be curious to see more with it because Emery, uh, we've. I mean, we talk about Emery a lot. Like mm. anyone who listens to this knows I'm like in love with that card. And I'm also a pretty big fan of Urza. And those cards are just super powerful. Mm. Uh, they synergize really well with a lot of what you're doing here. Like getting to flip over a Feasting Troll King and an Underworld Cookbook and then buy back the cookbook, that sounds insane to me. Uh, and then Urza just gives you like a great backup plan for if they are hating on your graveyard, you can just kill them with like Construct tokens and overwhelm them. So, yeah, and like honestly, because you have the Cauldron Familiar and the Oval Chase Daredevil too, like there's a lot of like really good quality hits for you to get with your Emery's here. So, I can definitely see that being good. Um, and even, and we kind of one thing about this evolution, right? I think the Buttered Cow quote unquote deck um, gets the turn two Feasting Troll King the fastest and most consistent. Um, and obviously, you can do turn two um, in the Jun build as well, but I think the Emery build might be a little bit better if we're not dealing with a, a bunch of other hyper-aggressive versions of the same deck, right? If it's, if that could be, like, the, the slower version of the Jun deck, I think it has a better shot at being successful. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, let's talk... So many possibilities. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about another Urza Saga-powered deck, and this one I know is close to your heart. Um, this is a Amulet Titan list um, that has been obviously making the rounds here. And looking through through the uh, non-creature spells, I don't really see any big changes here. So what's kind of getting this deck um, kicked up to the next level right now? I mean, Amulet was already good. Uh, of course. I think most people kind of knew that already. Um, but Urza Saga is huge here. I mean, we talked about this uh, when Urza Saga was first previewed. Um, it just finding amulet for you on turn three or turn four, depending on when you play it, mm. is really, really good. <laughs> um, the deck's calling the amulet titan, like you want amulet of vigor in play. Uh, so, since the deck was already good, just giving it this kind of boost is all you really needed to do. Um, and the card is insane. A lot of people have been pointing out uh, it does similar things to the deck that Field of the Dead did, where it gives you this grindy backup plan, but instead of dinky little tutus, you get like these huge, huge artifact tokens. Um, it's already playing so many artifacts, like with your amulets, um, some people are playing a copy or multiple copies of Expedition Map. And then also being able to find uh, your target, like your various tutor targets, like your Pissing Needles, um, your Relic of Progenitus, like finding stuff like that is really good. Yeah, like it definitely adds a lot of play to it, and I, I obviously think Primeval Titan is, in my general opinion at least, like the goal is to get a turn four Titan as consistently as possible, and I think having the four copies of Primeval Titan, the four copies of Summoner's Pact, the couple copies of Explore, and all your mana accelerant creatures, you know, helps with that plan too, but like there's always the issue, well, turn four Titan usually consists of you having an Amulet of Vigor, or you having Titan, but with the Summoner's Pact, Titan's usually in my mind, it's not the issue. It's trying to find that Amulet of Vigor. Um, and having something on turn one that you can actually play and, you know, kind of guarantee that 
I guess it's really a turn three Titan a lot of times um, for you. I think it's just really, really nice for this. Yeah. Uh, something I do think is interesting is when this card uh, was first re revealed and we were talking about it, I uh, was expressing uncertainty over if it would be better with our Boil Grazer or a Sakura Tribe Scout. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to me that people seem to be at complete disagreement. <laughs> so I, I don't think anybody really knows how, I mean, people know how they want to build it, mm -hmm. but I don't think anybody knows for certain which is correct. Well, I think the big thing is how good is Lavatar? Like we, we were just coming from a place where Blue Red Prowess was like the deck du jour, right? That was the thing you were most worried about going into any modern event. And if I'm trying to play Tribe Scout, like with Lava Dart running around, it's not exactly where I want to be. Uh, but I, I think right now we're seeing a lot less of, of the Blue Red Prowess list because I think so many people are so focused on Asmo, um, playing Titan, or you know the, the third deck we're going to talk about in a little bit. That I think you can probably get away with playing a one toughness creature if you want to. But you know there are some people who are still hanging on to the old ways, and I think might want to hedge towards the grazer not to get blown out by a lot or random lava dart yeah i mean i th i agree with you I, I do think lava dart probably is still good mm -hmm. um, but i'll be curious and how long it'll take until it comes back yeah i mean my my only issue with playing lava dart right now is the fact that the um you know the asmo decks can so easily kill all of your creatures, right? Like, it's dealing six damage to... Well, any of my creatures doing six damage to itself is probably going to kill them. Um, and between that, like, anything that I have on the ground has to get through a 7-6 <laughs> Trampler? Like, uh, that's... I mean, if they have it in play, they only they have, have four. That's true, but, like, I think the deck makes it so consistently that it's not... It's not impossible, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm kind of betting that my opponent's going to have a troll by turn three or four... Then also, I, they make infinite foods to gain life, <laughs> they, they, and they do. Yeah, that's even that's even worse, especially when you start combining it with, you know, things like um, Mayhem Devil. Like I have to, I have a lot of things I need to work through, um, especially my deck that has a bunch of you know two toughness creatures. So I, I'm not nah, sure. That's fine though. <laughs> you'll you'll just bolt Asmo, and everything will be just good. Peachy keen. Yeah, I think I have seen a lot of those blue red lists starting to play things like Flame Flash. Um, to try to more effectively deal with some of these more the higher tough, toughness creatures, um, but even like trying to combine like a flame flash with like a lava dart flashback lava dart is like not what I want to be doing to be killing a uh, feasting troll king, especially when they can bring it back you know relatively easily in a turn or two. So I think rather than trying to kill a flame slash, you're probably better off just playing vapor snag. I could be wrong about that, but. Uh, Vapor Snack gets rid of it in one go and also deals with uh, the tokens that Urza Saga makes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In addition to Primeval Titans. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, trying to be able to deal with it that way. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, especially those, once again, those Urza Saga tokens get <clears throat> very, very large in these decks, so. Um, but I, but you do you overall like Titan's position right now. Yeah, I mean, the deck's really good. Um, I'm not sure who's favored in the matchup between this and the Asmo decks, uh, so I am curious about that. Uh, I, I am very curious about that. I have um, 
I've only played the matchup once. I played it from the amulet side. And I did win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're favored. Well, I don't even want to say we because I've been playing both decks. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think amulet is favored, but I'm really not sure. Uh, it's, you know, one match is definitely not enough information to base that off of. I've only, despite all the streams I've been watching, I feel like I've only seen it once. Despite yeah. the fact almost every stream I've watched has been either Amulet or Asmo for the past, like, week and a half now. Yeah, I did watch Doomwake actually play Titan versus Asmo, and I, I think he ended up winning. Um, but, you know... The, the... Okay, interesting. I actually watched him play the opposite matchup, oh, okay. the Asmo versus Titan. <laughs> and I'm also pretty sure he won. <laughs> yeah, so I think Doomwake is a thicko and going to win regardless. Maybe that's not the best evidence point, but... I mean, you are playing some pretty decent spells that I think are good versus that deck. Uh, we do see... Well, um, I just think Amulet's quicker. I think that's what it boils down to. Like, mm. I think if I'm attacked... I think it really kind of depends. Can Primeval Titan hit play before Asmo can be online with two food tokens? Yeah. I think more often than not, the answer is going to be yes. Yeah, I think that definitely is the big, the big question. Um, and I think Amulet Titan does have some... I don't want to say benefits, but I think it's better pre- prepared sideboard-wise. Um, you do have, you know, copies of things like Pithy Needle, which I think do a lot of work in the matchup. Uh, Relic of Progenitus is great in this matchup, too. Um, but even, like, Force of Vigor is, like, a beating when you're able to um, knock out two of their artifacts when they kind of are expecting those to be their value engines. Um, and even the Foundation Breaker, I think, has been really impressive as another spell that you can Summoner's Pact for and still evoke um, and, you know, essentially cast for two mana rather than having to play something like Reclamation Sage that is three mana and that might, you know, prohibit you from casting additional spells that turn. I keep forgetting Foundation Breaker exists now. Uh, (laughs) For those unfamiliar, because I think most people skipped over this in previous season, it's just a four mana 2-2, but when it enters play, you destroy target artifact or enchantment. You might be thinking to yourself, but wait, that's just worse than Reclamation Sage. Uh, but it's also gotten a vote cost of one in a green. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not strictly better, but it, it's kind of an upgrade to Rex Sage. Yeah. yeah. In, in 90% of the situations you wanted, I think it's, I think it's better to be two mana, or have the option to be two mana um, than necessarily Noticeably, noticeably, uh, I think it has worse art. So, oh my gosh, yeah. Not close. So for me, as far as I'm concerned, I think if I'm playing at a local event, I'm playing Rex Sage. And if I'm playing at an event where I can win $100 plus, I'm playing Foundation Breaker. <laughs> that is a reasonable distinction between <laughs> picking <laughs> cards. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta go with your principles. Yeah. Um, but I sell out very easy, so. <laughs> That's fair. All right, well, let's talk about this. Um, third deck that we're seeing kind of all over the place. Um, and this deck is another deck that I think is in influx a lot right now. We're not really sure exactly what the deck's supposed to look like, um, but we do see the obvious inclusion of Earth of Saga here in this. And you actually, I can actually call it this. It's actually Affinity. We actually have Affinity cards here. Yeah, so Affinity is back, or so we think. <laughs> um, seen a couple people doing well with it. So I, tr- I tried this out yesterday myself. After uh, somebody posted that they were like 14 and 1 with the deck, um, I think Sodak was working on it too. Actually, I know Sodak was working on it too because I started with his list. Um, but Affinity's back. It looks kind of similar to what you 
probably remember uh, with some minor changes. Uh, people are playing uh, Mistress Bobbles in the main deck, which is new. Um, I don't like them. <laughs> they were really bad throughout my time playing the deck, but I, I get why they're there. So they're there to help your affinity cards. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're playing, you know, your typical Memnites, Ornithopters, uh, Welling Jars, Signal Pass, Springleaf Drums, Steel Overseers, Arcbound Ravagers, Cranial Platings, uh, you know, Master of Ethereum if you want. Uh, some people are playing Frogmite. Some people are playing the new, the Sojourner or whatever it's called, the seven mana affinity for artifacts, 4-4. Four, four. Um, yeah, the, the mirror and 4 through with um, artifact land cycling. Yeah. Um, so some people are playing that. Uh, but the, the big inclusions are you get Bot Monitor now, mm -hmm. um, which is like the eight mana, uh, seven and a blue affinity for artifacts, 2-2, two, two, that when it ETBs, you draw two cards. That card's been really good. Um, also, it flies. I don't mm -hmm. think I said that. Uh, and just having flyers in the deck uh, where you can make your creatures very large is really nice. Um, so that card's been really impressive. And then, obviously, you get to play Urza Saga. And if you thought your construct tokens were getting big in other decks, uh, they're huge here. So I, I actually played this through OE yesterday. And um, I didn't manage to snag the trophy. I only went 4-1, but my loss was to the mirror, and uh, all my non-mirror opponents were very easy to just demolish. Um, I lost one game outside of that loss, and I that game that I lost uh, was because I misplayed against Death Shadow, but I just kind of ran people over, and the, the, the deck, it was one of these weird things where it was like, I was kind of crushing people, but also my deck felt very misbuilt. Um, like I said, the, the Mistress Bobbles felt really bad to me. Um, I could see them if you were playing with Emery, but I don't necessarily think you want Emery because Emery's not an aggressive card. So since you're not playing Emery, I don't think you want the Bobbles. Um, like, even just another Welding Jar would have been better for mm -hmm. me, personally. Um, I was playing with Paradise Mantle, and I don't know that I loved that card, but if I was playing with more three drops, then I think I would have liked it. Like, I wasn't playing with Nettle Cyst, which I know some people are, uh, Nettle Cyst is the three-mana living weapon uh, that's basically... It's just cranial plating. Yeah. Um, yeah, or a living weapon. That card seems really good. And, you know, if you're playing that, then I understand playing with um, with Paradise Mantle because it's so much easier to get that card out on turn two. So this deck has room to be worked on um, and is very good. I will say uh, one of the things is you know, I didn't really run into Artifact Hate. I don't think people are playing a lot of Affinity Hate because Affinity hasn't been played in forever. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely possible that the deck might not be good once people are prepared for it. Like if people are playing Blackdor Ooves and... Kataki? Uh, Shatterstorms or Shattering Sprees or Coligan's Command. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that would make the deck worse. But right now it feels really good. Uh, and that's not even having a tuned list. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really have like a great plan for anything post board, but I don't know. The deck is just fast and it's powerful. And who doesn't who doesn't like seeing Affinity do well? It's just like it's reminiscent of a simpler time. Mm -hmm. um, the Nettle Sister is definitely a card that I've been seeing, you know, being pretty powerful. I, I think it's 
very similar to playing like that Master of Ethereum, but just being colorless, I think it's huge. Being able to move it onto something like a uh, an Ornithopter or a Signal Pest can be really backbreaking for a lot of a lot of decks, or even like a Thought Monitor, right? Like really anything with flying, um, having that Nettle Theft on could be really big. Um, the other one that I've been seeing too, I can't remember the name of it. The three mana Metalcraft um, two two that you get protection from all colors. That's champion. That's champion. Yeah, that's another one I've been seeing kind of fill in that three drop spot, which I think once again adds that kind of flexibility you were talking about. So um, I, I played at champion in my sideboard. I don't think I would want to play a main. Like it's historically not a card that's seen a lot of main deck play. Like mm-hmm. even when it was main deck, it was never really a four of. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's really good. But it's really slow. Like mm-hmm. just being a two-two is not impressive for three mana. And that's really all it kind of does. So like it's really good in your grindy matchups, but like it, in just like an average match, I don't think it does much. Like if you tell me my opponent's showing up to the game with Primeval Titan, I don't want this three mana two-two. No. That basically, I mean, that's like basically it. It's essentially got like hexproof and unblockable. Like that's not that's nothing. Um, so I'd rather have, I'd rather have something else there. Like uh, Master of Ethereum was really impressive to me. I'd rather have that in the three drop slots. But I am very far from an affinity expert, so I could be wrong about this. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think w- especially without being able to reliably get it out fast. Like I do think the Spring Relief Drum I think in this deck is actually really really nice, um, especially because you're playing the full um, set of Mem Knights and Ornithopters. Like you can very easily accelerate into. Uh, three drops with that, right? But it's not... I don't think you need to have a three drop, right? And especially, like, if you're not doing it consistently... Like, I, I it, like having three drops. I just don't think that's the one. I actually think more Master of Ethereums would be really good since you're playing so many, like, Ornithopters and uh, M-Knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that being good. I, just, I was just saying, like, without something like Mox Opal to, like, be able to consistently do it, I think you get this really awkward glut of... Um, spells at certain points, right? So I think you would want more impactful spells, and I don't think S-Champion is impactful enough um, in an average game. Like, I think Master of Ethereum it has a more a better impact on the board than your S-Champion will in a, in a given game. Yeah. Uh, and especially just because, like, you're able to flood out the board so much here uh, since you're actually playing affinity creatures, so your things are so cheap, and, you know, also you have Urza Sagas putting in creatures... Urza Saga was so good. And then it just like always found me a Springleaf uh, drum, basically. So it was, it's like the third activation only cost two mana because then I just had a Springleaf drum afterwards. Yeah. It's uh, really good. And I, I do think the version, the version we're kinda, I'm kind of looking at right now and you're looking at is a blue focus version too, but we have seen other uh, color variations show up. Like I've, I've seen a couple versions that play red for Galvanic Blast. I've seen a couple versions that... Uh, have played uh, I think, uh, black um, to help with the cranial plating activation. Um, I saw one actually that played Disciple of the Vault, which I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily good, um, especially in this deck too. The big inclusion. I'm, seeing, I'm, a, I'm a I don't know if it's Boomer or Zoom or whatever, um, but I'm old, I'm an old school guy, right? And I when I was playing Affinity back in back in my day, um, Affinity meant you were playing things like Arcbound Worker and Arcbound Ravager, and they do not make an appearance in this deck at all. Um, so I will say that the the list you're looking at, I know, is the list that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, Arcbound Ravagers were in the sideboard, which is cut off in the image I sent you. Okay. Um, 
I don't know why they're in the sideboard. <laughs> I, I did not build a list. I only copied it. Uh, I would play them in the main uh, moving forward. Okay. Yeah, I think Ravager is such a powerful card. I, just, I was kind of shocked. Like, I was actually... And I don't know actually, if this I, hmm. I was going to say, they do kind of work very... They're kind of dissynergy with um, with Nettle Cyst and Cranial Plating. So, hmm. like... I think actually there is a good argument to not play Ravager, but since I wasn't playing the Nettlesist, I don't think there's a good good argument. But I think if I, I think you can get away with playing the Nettlesist and not playing the Archbound Ravagers, hmm. being slightly less all in, but kind of more intimidating. Because one of the issues with Archbound Ravager obviously was sometimes you'd go all in and then they would just like fatal push whatever you targeted and yeah. then you would cry. Um, so. I do think there actually is an argument for not playing it immediately after saying, I think you should play it. Um, I do think there's a version of this deck there. that looks a little bit, I don't, I'm not sure if this is legitimate. You can talk me out of this as this sounds terrible to you. Um, but I think there's a version of this deck that could be playing obviously the blue for, I think thought monitor is such a good addition to this deck. Like I think thought cast obviously is, is a nice card, but thought monitor does the same thing, but it actually adds a two, two flyer to your deck, which I think is, is massive. Um, but I also think that have playing black so you can actually move around the cranial plating at will, I think, is a huge benefit. Um, and I, you know, maybe there's a version of this deck that does play your Ravager, but also play something like Hardened Scales or something like that, too, which I think that could uh, be good. Okay, so I'll say two things. One, uh, I think you're focused on the mana because you're seeing the thought monitors in the deck. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the mana base, there's nothing that, like, all the lands that make blue also make every color. Exactly. So only lands that make color, like you're getting your colored man off of Glimmer Voids and um, Spire of Industries, your Paradise Mantles, your Springleaf Drums. Mm. So you can make any color. So like you can play whatever spells you want in here. Um, and then you mentioned Hardened Scales. Uh, Hardened Scales won one of the challenges this weekend. Mm. Um, Dom Harvey came in first playing uh, Green Black Hardened Scales. So. Okay. It's definitely a good argument to be playing that deck. <laughs> yeah, but I think the blue. I'm just gonna is... go ahead and say again, Urza Saga busted. Yeah. Also, I'm just gonna go ahead and say scoreboard because I feel like <laughs> when we were talking about it, uh, you were like, I don't know, like <laughs> I don't know the artifacts you can get are that strong, and I was like, really, it's just a good card. And you're like, uh, maybe, and I was just like, I think if you find literally anything. You have gotten your value off of it as long as you made a construct along the way. Just saying I was right. <laughs> I, think, I think, to be fair, in this deck that is playing 44 artifacts, not including Inkbox Nexus or Urza Saga, like, Urza Saga is probably going to be pretty good here. Like, this is definitely, if you were going to build a deck around Urza Saga, like, this is the deck that is built around Urza Saga. And obviously it's not... Like, it's not like the goal of it is to play Earth of Saga on turn one every game, right? But, like, I I wouldn't mind casting Earth of Saga on turn one every game. Like, this is this is probably the best deck for that card. Which, once again, I think looking at the modern decks that have really spiked up, Earth of Saga is the best card so far for Modern Horizons 2. So, I, uh, I you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong about this, that's, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, I'm just uh, I'm just throwing it out there that I was definitely right because Urza Saga is good everywhere. Also, yeah. um, so we said we were going to keep this short. Uh, I know we didn't really get to talk about Legacy yet, mm -hmm. but my boss just texted me, and apparently I was supposed to be at work an hour earlier than I thought. Jeez. Okay. Well, let's cut so, this off then. We can chat <laughs> about Legacy a little bit more next week. Um, uh, 
basically Blue Red Delver, OP, Ragavan, busted. Also, I do want to say this. People keep calling it Ragavan, uh, whatever they talk about it. Hmm. Just, I just want people to know that that is not the correct pronunciation of that card. Um, and that is a cultural name. So, like, it would do people well to try to pronounce it uh, correctly, which, I don't know. I think most people won't, but, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, the magic... Uh, community always tries to be inclusive, so I, I think that it's just a small, simple thing. It's closer to Raghavan than Raghavan. Cool. Good enough. So I just I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, cool. I've seen some people getting upset that like people are messing up their culture, and I get that. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll count that as the story for this week. Uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Expedition Map. I'm very Yes, places online where people find you. You can find me at Bad Luck Bandit. If you're interested in contacting the show, you can find us at depth underscore podcast. Feel free to show, um, email us. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, like and subscribe to the show. Um, and hopefully we will see you uh, relatively soon in our inboxes. All right, cool. <laughs> Shorter show yet. Uh, I guess I'll see you next week. See you next week. All right, bye. Thank you.